0: you no you're in trouble. Yeah, Harry,
1: thanks, mate. Um, I've, I've been trying to sand up this blank, but I just can't get it shiny enough.
0: Mate, I've got a two-part solution from Custom Creations.
1: Really? Does it work?
0: Give it a try. I will.
1: How'd you go, mate? Harry, that was the best stuff you could have given me. Look how shiny this pen's come up.
0: That is superb. I I love it. it.
1: Brilliant.
2: All right. Welcome to the Measure Twice, Cut Once podcast. Uh, If I sound a little different or look a little different, that is because I am your host of today's podcast and the lovely gentlemen are simply guests or lazy. I don't know whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, we have some returning guests with us today, and we are going to talk about what we do, why we do it, and how we do it, and how we're going to get over the fear if we want to try something new. So let me introduce you to our guests today. I am Aisley from Small Fry Creations, if you don't know who I am. Uh, you haven't listened to the podcast before, because Chris mentions me just about on every podcast, which I appreciate greatly. Uh, but if we go around the room, we have got Dirk from Sumo's Projects. We've got Chris from Built by Chris. We've got Annie from Girl in Her Shed. I don't want to get it wrong. And we've got Hayley from Hayley's Tiny Woodshop. Did I mess any of that up, anyone? Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Hi. Hey, gentlemen, how does it feel to be guests on your own podcast to start with?
0: Oh, it's Brilliant. We don't have yeah. to think. We don't um, have yeah. to look good, you know. We, we just, just have to sit here and look pretty. I <laughs> <Not laughs> like those <two laughs> local... What is it?
1: Statler and, um, yeah, from the Muppet Show.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to be hosting and doing the hosting duties. I think we're all return guests, so people probably know who we are. But first thing I want to do is run around the table quickly. I'm going to call it a table. Yeah. Uh, and quickly cover... How we learnt our creating hobby. Boys, do you want to start with how you got started, how you learnt all your skills up to date?
1: Chris, I... you want me to start? Yeah, right. yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a devotee of uh, YouTube University. Um, and I also, I also um, every time I come across a, uh, a tradie or uh, anybody who's doing something that I'm interested in, I pick their brains like crazy. And, um, and then put it all into practice once I get in the workshop. It must be working because I've still got all my fingers and um, and I'm, uh, it's going well. The workshop's looking really good.
2: Yep. Dirk, how did you learn
0: what you know? Well, I'll second what Chris said. Basically, uh, yeah, the YouTube University. Um, I just wanted to find myself a hobby and um, it sort of led toward doing a bit of DIY woodworking. And um, when I did a search in, at YouTube in YouTube, I found there was a, a plenty of content and material to to learn from, and I, I found it to be so good as a, because it's a visual, and you can sort of you know you can go over it several times to uh, learn the particular you know skills that you'd need uh, to perform it task and um yeah so probably probably about seven years ago now i would say it was uh the the place i went to and i just uh i just you know open arms i love it absolutely love it it's just um i couldn't imagine living a a lifestyle without it in you know nowadays so Mm. no i just love it agreed
2: yeah annie are you the same are you a youtube university person No skills. Okay, great. Yeah.
3: How have you learned it then? I I did woodwork in high school. That was, you know, I kind of lent towards that other than, you know, sewing, cooking, like it it wasn't for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we went through a flood in 99. So the insurance company went AWOL. Um, So that's kind of what kick started it for me. Um, And then we bought a house which needed a lot of work, which, you know, I've kicked off again doing it. Um, But it really, it became a hobby probably about seven years ago. Um, We had a pop-up shop here in Dongra. So I started, you know, putting stuff in
2: there um, and then it just grew from there. Yeah, that's awesome. So really a lot of trial and error and just getting in and having
4: a go.
3: Absolutely. Um, I borrowed a couple of tools. My husband bought me a miter um, and then it's just the tools have just slowly grown. Same with my skills. Um, and I, well, I don't really get on YouTube, um,
4: mm-hmm.
3: but um, especially since actually getting on IG, um, you know, we share a lot of tips. Um, mm-hmm. So and that's how I've pretty much grown.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, Haley. Are you a YouTube connoisseur or a different method of learning?
4: Yeah, graduate of YouTube University. Um, Mm -hmm. I started out being a single um, Mm mum and having to do maintenance things around the house, and realized how easy it is to learn these things off YouTube. And then I needed something that, you know, to do. um, And I found woodworking, um, with it being a good um, therapy for mental health. So Mm -hmm. I watched probably a thousand hours of woodworking of all different types um, and then I found turning in there Mm -hmm. and, yeah, just watched and watched and watched as much as I could and then found out who were the good people to watch Mm -hmm. and eventually bought a secondhand lathe and haven't stopped.
2: There is no stopping you. Now, that is perfect because I am YouTube learnt also. I learnt everything from YouTube and just trial and error. I grew up with a dad that was the dad that we didn't call tradies. If something needed to be fixed, he would just either know how to do it somehow or would work out how to fix it. So I've learned some stuff from him, but the majority of the stuff is from <coughs> YouTube. Now, Hayley, as a wood turner, I am not a wood turner, but I would love to use the lathe, but it absolutely terrifies me at the thought of watching a video and then just getting <laughs> it and having a go. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I feel like I could kill myself because oh, yeah. tools or things could go flying at me. So, Hayley, have you got any tips in terms of safely attempting either a new hobby entirely or or just stepping into it if you haven't already? Have you got any tips around how you can safely learn to wood turn? Yeah,
4: um, I think the first thing would be to find out who the actual professionals in that industry are. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, with wood turning, we have uh, Stuart Baddy, we've got um, Allsworth, we've got you know, a few that are just mm-hmm. amazingly good at what they do, and they are generational turners. Um, mm-hmm. And the videos they put out, they highlight safety mm-hmm. because obviously it is the number one concern when you're making anything. You want to make sure that you make it safely. Um, and following their instructions you then have to take a massive breath have a couple Mm -hmm. pairs of pants in the shed just in case (laughs) yeah this
2: is how i feel it yeah and give it a go yeah okay so really like everything you kind of just got to break down that fear barrier and have a go yeah
4: yeah yeah and once you do and you start getting the nice cuts and you start making the pieces with whatever it is that you want to make, that confidence builds over time.
2: Yep, yeah. Oh, okay, I've just got to break through the fear.
4: and yeah, I watch yeah. your channel or do you call it a channel in
2: Instagram? That's how unsavvy um, I am. I think it's a channel. channel or on Instagram. Yeah. Yep. And you are doing home renos, which, again, terrifies me at the thought of doing something in the house that, like flooring or something like that that is a big job that is not mm-hmm. fixed if you stuff something up it's not like you can cut a piece of timber and then you just recut it have you mm-hmm. got any tips on how you could safely go about home renovation and stepping into the world of tearing your house apart and having a go at fixing it
3: um well one would be youtube um yep. I, back when i started there was no youtube So it was just it was a case of instinct for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I I constantly, I never met my grandfather, but apparently he was a jack of all trades. Right. Um, So I'm just assuming I get it from him. So when Mm -hmm. I when I go into a project, I already got it in my mind how I think I'm actually going to do it. So. Um, But nowadays, um, you know, with YouTube, it's just as easy as, you know, getting on the internet and um, looking at what job that you need to do and where you need to start from and then going from there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, you know, the biggest tip is just making a start. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. and thinking before you do something. And thinking before you do something. Yeah, but I'm not... uh... I'm not the best
3: at thinking for doing something. Well, oh, no, neither am I. Um, I'm. I can be pretty much a, an impatient maker. So it's like yep. if if it's really getting to me, I'll get in and and do it, and and then go. You know what? I'll deal with that later, even if that needs to be done first. Yeah. Um. So, but it that all comes with experience as well. I would never have done that before. I would have actually put that off until it needs to be done. So it, it's yep. a, you know it's a it's a growth process.
2: Yeah. No, that's always good. The engineer put in my workshop literally a sign that says, plan to fail, fail to plan to make me stop.
3: <laughs> well, I little. don't say it's fail, it's, you know,
2: first attempt is learning. Yep. So, and that's how you grow. Yeah. No, 100%. Now, gentlemen, you are in the workshop primarily. So you're around tools and building stuff, which is kind of, I'm in the same realm of that. Have you got any tips in terms of safely doing something? Have you got anything that you always think through before you do something or that you worry about before you get to something to make sure that you're as safe as possible?
1: Uh, Well, the best tip I can give would be don't touch the spinny bits.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds obvious, but totally fair.
1: Uh, I don't say it's obvious because some people go, I wonder. Yeah. Look, uh, like, like Annie just said, just you, you, you think things through, you know. You, mm-hmm. Before I before I do a cut on my table, so I'd almost like rehearse it before I actually do the cut. And if yeah. I don't feel comfortable with it, I'll try and find another mm-hmm. way of doing that.
3: Mm-hmm. There's I'm a like, gut instinct though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've still got all yeah. my
1: fingers, so um, I must be doing something right, yeah? Dirk,
0: what about yourself? Uh, I go back to uh, Victor from Down Under Woodwork. He's got a um, a little message on his table saw, I think, and it just says, "Where's your mind?" Yep. So perfect. Just having that, uh, not being fatigued, and you know your mental awareness, and Mm -hmm. and also trying to have the cleanest environment to be able to do the process you're doing because mm-hmm. if you got clutter there's a good chance you can trip up and uh
1: there's yeah there's one other thing that i uh that i do i've, I've worded up all my friends and relatives and everything if they hear machinery going in the workshop mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. just walk straight in you know
2: 100%. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i've said the same thing mm. yeah 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 no i think they're good i am i'm very similar i actually have a if the doorbell rings <clears throat> or anything like that i have Um, noise cancelling headphones in so I can't hear anything when the tools are running and the engineer has hooked up a light that actually comes on so that I know that there is someone at the front door or she needs to talk to me or whatever so that I'm, I'm not interrupted at whatever I'm doing but I can then look up and be like oh the light's on okay there's either a package at the door or she needs to talk to me or whatever that is and I built that small fry creating light that sits above the workshop entry and that goes red when I'm creating which is key for don't come walking in it doesn't no. always work because if she hears me talking to the camera she loves nothing more than walking in uh, but it is there for <laughs> safety to make sure um and i find recording yourself doing something which i'm doing anyway for youtube is a good practice <laughs> at reviewing how i've done something and then looking at it if i have done something wrong or something different it's good to see yourself doing and go okay probably shouldn't have done that or i probably should have done it this way and learning Through that process and if you're home alone like we're using tools it is a environment where you do have to be extra safety i have a video camera hooked up in the garage and again if i'm out i ask the engineer every couple of hours to just log in and look at the camera just to make sure that i'm still dancing around the workshop and everything is fine and i constantly make sure that my phone is always in my pocket so that if anything was ever to go terribly Mm. wrong i am a phone call away from triple zero or calling for help it is always in my pocket um to make sure that i've got it at hand's length so yeah i think there's some really good tips safety is important it's something we all have to think about i think it's something as you go through you kind of sometimes can put by the wayside and it's nice to have that reminder Mm. to hey stop where's your mind are you thinking if you're too tired put the tool down Complacency is way.
1: a big killer. Yeah, you, you, yep. you can't be complacent in the in the workshop. So, yeah, hundred uh, percent.
2: And I'm that's I'm cool. Gonna, that con- yes, I'm going to
1: interrupt you for a sec, Ainsley. We're gonna, we're going to have oh. to break for a sec and um, through a
2: sponsor. Yeah.
1: All right. Now it's it's not that easy to break in when a woman's talking, but <laughs> I would never have said that. <laughs> 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 She's far enough away from her.
4: Uh, anyway. <laughs> I'll drive. Women have long to. memories. <laughs> <laughs> Elephant.
3: <laughs>
2: Correct. Right. Okay, so well, we let's go and it. check out the sponsor and then we'll come back in a quick second.
0: Yeah, good How are you going? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, There's a bit of a material going about called Structure Panel. Yeah, it's great stuff. Is this place stock it? We've got tons of it. Tons of it. Can I get a ton?
1: All right. Or just start with one sheet? I'll give you one sheet to start with. All right, let me
0: have it. Oh, that's big. Thanks, mate. Have fun. See ya.
1: Another happy (laughs) customer.
5: measure twice and cutteth once James from Fix It Fingers with another very quick quick tips this time on resin now I'm not talking river tables or any of those big sorts of projects not done them not qualified to chat about them what I have done a bit of is sign making and infill work I quite like using resin for this application to put pops of color into different things that I am doing I'm gonna have a full video of this on my channel but very quickly some things for you to consider firstly Measuring out. Now, this stuff is expensive, so we don't wanna waste too much of it. What can we do to guesstimate complex shapes such as this? Rice. Simple brown rice I've got here. It'll last forever, cost you nothing. What you can do is to fill. After you've carved out your sign or whatever it is that you're inlaying with resin, with the rice, tip that rice out, measure or weigh it, and then just make maybe 10-15% more resin than that and you're going to have pretty much the correct amount and not waste any of the pressure stuff. Once we've got the rice in, we know how much resin that we want. Before we go about mixing it, I love this stuff. I've got a whole video on what its advantages are, sanding sealer. Basically it's going to stop the bleed, particularly of coloured resin, going along the grain lines of your timber and that is gonna make it much sharper and cleaner when you get your final result. It just looks that much better, definitely a worthy step. I just said to measure out and I almost exclusively like to mix and measure in these silicon cups. I have various sizes, I've got little stirrers and I've even got little pourers too. So just doing this kind of work If you put it in plastic or glass, it's an absolute pain in the bum to get rid of afterwards. Whereas the silicon, you can pretty much turn these inside out with enough effort and you just let the resin cure, it'll pop straight off and you can use them again and again and again. They're also not very expensive. Great investment for resin work. When you're doing very fine detail stuff, I like these little syringes. They can be used to do different colour swirl applications or just getting into the very tight places. And last but not least, let's consider overfill versus underfill. I tend to underfill. You're able to see there hopefully that I've not gone above the level of my sign because I don't have the equipment to easily cut back the resin over the top. The main advantage of underfilling is you don't have to cut back over the top. If you overfill though, and you can sand back the resin, you're going to get a nicer, cleaner, smoother surface on there. So it's extra work, but overfilling and cutting back will give you a better result, but you don't have to. I'm getting better at keeping these quick. I'll have a full version of this on my channel under a Fix It Fingers Fiver very soon. Back to you, Dirk and Chris, and I'll catch everyone else in a fortnight. James out.
0: Hello, Hoss. How are you, Harry? Good, thank you. I'm looking at doing a little bit of epoxy work. Yes, I can help you there. Do you have a product? I do. Who who does it come from? It comes from Hammeroo. Let me have a look, please. My, my. That looks like a two-part mix. It is a two-part mix, and it's a two-to-one mix, as it says on the bottom. Is it made in Australia? It is. I might take a few more then. Well, I only have these. I'll take those. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Harry. You're welcome, boss. Got the
2: pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, welcome back, and a big thank you to our supporters. And as we continue the chat, I want to make it a turn to focus a little bit on mental health because I don't know about everyone else that's here, but the reason why I'm in this workshop mainly is because of my mental health and and getting that sorted and staying as healthy as humanly possible. So I would love to hear from everyone, how does creating or making whatever you want to do affect negatively or positively on your mental health? I'm going to go round the other way this time. So Hayley, let's start with you. How does mental health help, not help, you creating?
4: Um, It's a great help. Um, I actually had Mm -hmm. a uh, major depressive episode about 12 years ago now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been on medication and and whatnot for that ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm in my shop, I am able to be 100% mindful. Um, One of the things which um, Chris said about it, you can't be complacent, which means Mm -hmm. that I'm able to keep my mind 100% on what I'm doing which really, really helps with my mental health um, because it Mm -hmm. brings me down into a calm, soothing space. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know where I'd be without it at this stage um, because it has been such a huge help uh, since I started turning in 2018.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: And, yeah, I've noticed a huge increase in um, my health since then. So, yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And can you feel, if you've had some time out of the shop, you can feel that drawback of, like, I need that
4: Absolutely. time? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to be in the shop recently um, because of weather and other constraints. Um, mm-hmm. But thankfully I have a couple mm-hmm. of other things that I'm able to do. I recently bought mm-hmm. a uh, burner so that I can start to embellish some of my pieces. Um, yep. And that, again, is an extension of what I'm doing in the shop, so it's mm-hmm. yeah, in that cathartic
2: space. Yeah, I think that is so so true because I feel it, I feel that pull. I can be, I know when I need work time in the workshop, so I can,
4: yeah, I yeah. can feel
2: it. Annie, what about you, workshop in the house?
4: uh because
2: uh, you're in the house and you're renoing, so I can imagine, um, you know, that's yeah, a yeah. bubble of mental health. How mm-hmm. do you separate those two, and, and what's the effect for you? Um,
3: I'm. Oh, um, Honestly, I'm pretty much struggling at the moment. Like, I, mm. I think because I'm living in and doing reno when all I want to be doing is, well, it, to be finished, mm-hmm. um, but the shed keeps drawing me. Yep. Um, but, you know, the, my, my, our house needs attention.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of a struggle. But, you know, when I started as a hobby, um, it, was, it it was a lot to do with my mental health. Um prior to that, a couple of years prior to that, uh, you know, we lost our second bub. So um, it was, it, you know, really...
2: You it, it it, draw yeah. on that, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yep. yeah. So that was probably my saviour, being able to just go into the shed and I call it my Zen zone. So mm-hmm. once I'm in there, I can pretty much calm down, as Hayley said. You know, I can actually just absorb and take in and, you know, um, yeah, just release in the shed.
2: Yeah. No. Yep. What about you, boys? I know mental health in the men's space is really, really important. It's not as hugely spoken about where it should be, but talk about your feelings, gents. How does it help you in the workshop?
1: You want to kick off? You want me to kick off?
2: All right. <clears throat> I love my
3: workshop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, if I didn't have if I didn't have my workshop to go into after work or uh, on a weekend, I'd shudder to think where I would be.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: It's it's just I, I can't even explain it. It's just as soon as I go in there, it's just like um, a blanket of calmness just comes over the top of me, you know. And I just I just love yeah. being. And since I did the the big rano in my workshop, you know, I, I love it even more. And I've oh. And I, I don't know if anybody's aware, but I have a lot of toys in that garage. And, um, I and think I,
2: we would all be aware. All be aware,
1: yeah. And, um, and I, if Total
2: Tools I, sell it, Chris has it.
1: <laughs> yeah, everywhere, everywhere.
2: Um,
1: and the other thing is I, the, the one thing that sort of uh, helps me along with that, with that is I'm always learning something new.
3: Yeah. In yeah mm-hmm.
1: At the moment, you know, as you know, I bought uh, Ainsley's uh, laser burner and I've been
2: mm-hmm.
1: giving that a bit of a run. And, uh, and I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Like I said, mm-hmm. I shut up to think where I would be if I didn't have my workshop to walk into. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's just that good a space to be
0: in.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dirk, what about you? What, is it, what does being the workshop mean to you?
0: Yeah. When you say mental health, you sort of always thought I'd be like, you know, six foot eight bulletproof but yeah you know you got to be realistic and, and there are elements of uh, what you do which mm-hmm. you know knock you around a bit sometimes but in the workshop it's now well, i was talking to chris about it my workshops not just to make things but it's to to film uh i, I just love that whole aspect and um mm-hmm. as i've been going along and you know putting things on casters and maneuverability of things um, the third tier to that is now it's becoming a, a small man cave as well. Or yep. you know, a retreat for person cave. Person per, cave. Person yeah. cave. Oh,
2: you can say man cave is yours.
0: you man cave. Man cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um it's that three-prong sort of uh direction that I find that is my comforter, so to speak. And you know, having mm-hmm. having a good partner, which I have, it allows me to do that is something mm-hmm. I, I appreciate as well. So yeah, it's it's um it plays a plays a really really large part in my life, you know. Um, yep. I couldn't be yep. without it now. Mm. But the good yeah, thing about the
1: workshop is, as soon as I bring that roller door down, I shut out the world. You know, I just yep. nothing exists outside mm-hmm. of that workshop. Yeah. I couldn't get in before. I didn't want you to come. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I can totally, I can totally uh, relate. I would be. It was the single first reason why I got into woodworking, uh, and now <clears> I would be. I would be lost without it i actually took a time out from social media for the last probably about a month i haven't been on social media really at all um and that was because my mental did you, yes, we you. Did. yes well you know and that was yeah, yeah, because no. i had i had stuff going on i had COVID. it was very mild i was lucky i had one of my pups got rushed into hospital and died oh. unexpectedly and oh. passed away and oh. i needed time to feel the feels but i also needed quiet time to be in this workshop where i just came in to create with no video with nothing i just had time out where i could learn something new on the laser and search for some wins to kind of fill that tank back up again of of feeling good and i would shatter like everyone else to think where my mental health or where i would be if i didn't have the workshop or just to be honest it just creating in any form be it in the workshop on tools On the computer digitally it's all forms of making having that satisfaction of oh my gosh i made that there is nothing in my opinion that will fill that mental health tank up quicker better and more sustainably so it just it lasts longer i just it's anyone that says to me do you reckon i should give it a go i say yes in any form whatever yeah. it is mm-hmm. that you like if it's cutting paper into shapes, whatever it is that you like, do and create because you will not be able to replace that feeling of when you've done something. So,
4: yeah, I yeah
2: actually, I think it's um, really important.
1: Yeah, I, I actually feel sad for people who don't have a hobby to go to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because there's a yeah. couple of folks at work that I speak to, and all they do is go home, sit down, have tea, watch t- uh, watch TV, go to bed, go to work.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That that's to me that's. A waste of a life? Is it? Is it yep. the, the right way to put it? Yeah. If I didn't yep. have one set to workshop, I'd, I'd go loopy. You know, like so right.
3: mi- miss- yeah. missing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and when when I know I talk, a lot of people at work know that you know my, my retirement clock that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I've shown it to everybody. Yeah, um, yep. they're, they're they're saying, "What are you going to do once you retire? Oh, you know what? There won't be enough hours in the day." <laughs> Yep. Once I retire, you know, because at mm-hmm. the moment, as sad as it's, it sounds, work gets in the way. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to sort of set aside some time to actually go to work, and then, but, but the whole time I'm at work, I'm thinking about my workshop. You know,
0: mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. It, it's a really good thing to have that balance, isn't it? Uh, your body and soul, your mind. Mm. Um, you need to go to work. You need to sit down and relax occasionally, and you need to go out in your workshop. You know having having so many things to be able to do is i think yeah. the big driver to go or well, i'm looking forward to building that but i might watch this later yeah. you know so yeah it's a, yeah. It's a balancing act too yeah.
2: yeah i understand and i think i don't know i can't speak for everyone but i would say i'm probably an introvert to be honest i could be an extrovert yeah. if i need to be but ideally i'm probably an introvert um mm-hmm. and do you say, no, Chris, I'm not? Or
1: that never, When I met you face-to-face, that never entered my mind. you <laughs> well,
2: I am. I, well, I say I am, but I can be an extrovert when I need to be. But, you know, part of being a part of the community and having this hobby opened you up to a community of friends and people that you would never have met before. And you can be alone in a workshop without feeling alone, if that makes sense because outside, of the community and contributing. And, and I don't know, I'm not a part of a million communities, but the, the maker community, I've never come across a community before that allows you to be you, celebrates you for being you, allows you to make mistakes. In fact, prefers when you make mistakes and, and wants to see you how you corrected them because that's how we've all learned. And there's no competition. It's, it is sharing the tips, it's helping everyone learn um you get it on youtube you get it on facebook groups on certain things i've got the new laser i was having trouble with it literally someone on the other side of the world helped me solve my problems that i would never have spoken to prior so social media although it can have a lot of drawbacks has a ton of positivity i think around the makerspace and i'm keen following on from mental health how does the community add to that help in your making space? And how does having the community around you help you do what you do? Boy, well, you want to start? Now,
1: maybe that's uh, something we can talk about after the break.
2: Oh, absolutely. We sure can. Let's go and check out another one of our supporters and we'll be right back.
1: Hi, Chris. We've got a problem. What's your problem mate? I need to get a sign mate. Out of what? I prefer this bit of timber. I think I can help you. How? With my Bluey from Blue Calf CNC. How's that Rob? That's fantastic Chris, where do I get one? Mate just give Adam of Blue Calf CNC a call, he'll help you out.
2: A huge thank you to our supporters. And as we were talking about before the break, we were talking about community and what it means to be a part of it. So, Gents, I want to start with you. What does community mean to you? How does it help or assist your making?
0: Do you want to kick off this time? Okay, Chris. What it means to me basically is uh, it's it's a build, building of friendships. And mm-hmm. um, as Ainsley uh, said before, it's people within the same uh Mindset of doing things, and that's it's it's so valid, you know. Once you're outside of that realm, you you, you don't pick up that topic. But uh, we've had a couple of uh, meetups now, you know, and we've travelled to Sydney, and we've met uh, Haley and Ainsley, and mm-hmm. one day we'll meet Annie. But you know, it's it's that conversation you got to keep going with a community to keep it strong, because um, it's a little bit like what we're doing with the Measure One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just want to keep people together because Mm -hmm, it's easy to uh, fall off the roller coaster, so to speak. And then, you know, you're just doing your own thing again. So, um, and there, that leads into your mental health as well, doesn't it? Because, you know, keeping everyone on the same page, uh, happy, and uh, going forwards is what is pretty important to me. So, yeah, Chris, I agree. It's
2: a great podcast if that's what we're getting. (laughs) I agree.
1: No, look um come on Chris.
2: you you love the community I know you have we've we got to meet in person a little while ago finally after all these years so what does community mean to you come on uh, you
1: know what the community is what what keeps me um keeps me going with this mm-hmm. I've met so many people through the YouTube medium um and so many fantastic look the way I met dirk I mean uh, one morning I was laying in bed watching um YouTube as I normally do on my iPad I thought I'll get up and I'll go to TimberCon, which I did. And it just so happens he was walking through the store after I watched a couple of his videos. And the rest, you know, I don't know if it's good history or bad history, but here we are, right? <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then uh, you know we had we had the first Maker Meetup in Melbourne, and um, and Victor came down, and Uncle Knackers came down, and you know th- these are people that I've been watching on YouTube, and uh, I-, I won't say I was starstruck, but you know you you. You were happy to meet these people and, and, mm-hmm. and to find out that they had that they were like minded, that they had the same um likes and and wants and everything as yourself, it just makes it so much better, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the highlight of mine was actually meeting you, Ainsley. Finally,
2: Thank you. 10, it was you a know. highlight of mine too. It was a fantastic weekend. We're going to talk about it in a, in a second a little bit more, but yeah, that getting to finally meet you in person,
1: yeah. I actually amazing. drove like a bat out of hell from Melbourne right up to Sydney because I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: think you so like an hour earlier thing. than you said you were going to, so you really did drive like about an hour. Oh
1: day. yeah, no, no, no. We uh, we really hoofed it. I tell, tell you. It. Yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah. As, far as, as far as the community is concerned, um, I'm loving every minute of it. I've met a lot, a lot of fantastic people, and uh, and as far as measure twice, cut once goes, that's the reason why Dirk and I started this. I mean, it's Dirk's baby, but the reason we started this. Is so that we could bring the community together, showcase mm-hmm. the people that we've got in Australia, to show that we're just as good as the rest of the world.
2: Mm-hmm. If not better, mm-hmm. come on now. Yeah. So Annie, <laughs> over there in WA, what's the community like? Do you have people around you, or is it more of an online space for you? What is the community like for you over there in WA?
3: It's definitely more of an online here. Um, Mm -hmm. I live rural, so uh, for me, my closest point is Perth, four hours away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't really have a lot of people around me to connect with, like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not it's online or, you know, to meet up. So Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, have online um, community, it's, um, it's awesome to... You know to be able to connect in that way, like have that resource to be able to connect yeah definitely yeah,
2: yeah amazing now Haley, I had the pleasure of getting to meet you face to face yeah at that meetup. What is the community like for you and what does it mean to you and part of this making process? Uh,
4: for me, I think um, friendships a big part of it um -hmm. i am a very introverted person um i'm a huge homebody i never leave the house unless i absolutely have to yeah (laughs) um but also the sense of encouragement that comes from other makers in the community if you're having a bad day or if you are making something and something goes wrong you then show Mm -hmm. it to to people and they can usually turn around and say hey what about this idea or what about this idea and don't worry about it everybody makes mistakes and Mm -hmm. it helps to get you back on your feet and going and making again um so Mm -hmm. that that support um and encouragement is a really big thing for me um Mm -hmm. and then there's the side where the inspiration comes from
5: because um
4: with me being primarily a wood turner, there is a lot of different avenues that I can go down. And being able to see other people and what they make and talk to them about how they make them, it helps get rid of that fear factor a little bit. And it mm-hmm. helps to drive me in a new area that I wouldn't otherwise have thought to go down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, the community is just such a cool one. I don't know if other places, have community or other hobbies have communities like ours I I have nothing really to compare it to everyone's saying everyone's shaking their head and saying no um because it is so so great when I was struggling with anxiety the biggest part of me was actually fear of making mistakes and and embarrassing myself that was where a lot of my anxiety stemmed from after years of therapy we nailed it down to just that fear of actually failing and embarrassing yourself and doing and putting things online things like youtube and when i started to include my mistakes people were actually being like oh that's the best part of the video and yes i really appreciate you showing it and it actually helped increase my confidence that mistakes are actually just part of the process and it should be expected Mm -hmm. at this point it's it actually you shouldn't go into a project thinking it's going to go 100 Mm percent perfectly because it's it's not um and being able to yeah, and being able to learn that through the community and having that support of it is okay to make mistakes. At the top of this mm-hmm. video before we started and press record, I shared with you all a mistake that I literally just made and that's two hours <laughs> down the <laughs> toilet and I'm gonna have to start again. <laughs> but it's part of it. It is, it's part mm-hmm. of it. The engine yeah. reminds me two of things because she knows I'm going to make, make a mistake because it's just part of the learning and it should be expected. Mm-hmm. So to yeah. have that community support behind you, being able to reach out if you've got a problem. Getting help almost immediately, to be honest, um, if you are putting out um, questions or trying to search for information, the community generally has got the answers and more than any support of any tool company that's um, out there. So, yeah, it's a really, I just love being a part of the community and it's it's one of the favourite things for me around, you know, being a part of this. Before we head off to our last, I'm going to call it the quickfire round. Let's go and check out one of our supporters.
0: G'day, bud. How you going, proper? I'm good, mate. Listen, have you got any blanks from Mind Matter Create? I certainly do. I are just you? happen to have them here in front of you. Okay, I want to buy them, please, because I'm going to turn some pens. It's a pleasure to be able to do business. Here they are, sir. And uh, many happy returns on your pen-making endeavours. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And sir, you have to pay for them.
2: Back again, huge thank you to all of our supporters of the Measure Twice Cut Once podcast. We're into the final round, it is quick fire. I have asked everyone, I want to know if you know now, is that how you want to say it? If you knew now what you how do I want to say it? If I know if now that I knew,
4: yeah, if you knew
2: then what you, know now. Yeah, you, then, what you know, now, know now, and you had to buy three tools for your workshop what are the first three tools no limits you're rolling into the workshop Haley, you're the first cab off the rank what are your top three okay. things
4: um being primarily a wood turner i'm gonna go from that yep. level um Great. so i'm gonna go with a wood lathe yep um a bowl gouge and mm-hmm. a sheer scraper
2: and a what what was the last thing
4: a shear scraper
2: okay i need more details because i don't know what a shear scraper is
4: um so it's a tool that you use where you can very very lightly shave the timber um while it's turning to get a nice smooth surface which helps to minimize sanding
2: okay amazing yeah that sounds fantastic and would you go a small lathe or a big lathe if you were starting out again
4: Oh, well, um, if money's no object.
2: Yeah, no object. <laughs> then I don't as a
4: limitation. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm going with a big mark. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'd go with the VL300, 100%. hayley hasn't thought about this at all. She's got, no, got no, no, I no <laughs> do not have a wish list.
2: I love it. Hey, you've got to dream and dream big because you never know what anything yes. could be possible. So good on you. So yeah, no, there's some yeah. good three tools. Now Annie, starting out, what are your top three?
3: Um the, knowing what I know now, definitely a mm-hmm. drum sander. Because okay. I can't stand sanding. Yeah. Um, so for <laughs> what I do, making backers and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. that would be that's now on the top of my list now. Yep. Um and I would say jointer. Um, mm-hmm. Because I uh, you dealt with a lot of warping, mm-hmm. um,
2: and a saw stop. Okay, yeah, they'll get you going to do a ton of projects. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and making things easy and efficient,
3: mm-hmm. and Dirk, being safe. That was on the top true of the list. Yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Dirk, what are your top three?
3: Well,
0: I would probably say a table saw of sorts, mm-hmm. uh, a decent quality, so. You can make an assortment of uh, attachments, sleds and that. So it, it, it keeps giving a lot. That's your cutting aspect. Um, mm-hmm. A router table, obviously mm-hmm. a router. Right. It's fantastic for profiling and just taking off sharp corners and edges. And mm-hmm. the last one I would go with is a, an impact driver. Uh,
2: an impact driver? Yeah. Right. Because, mm. And why an impact driver?
0: Well, look, as, as got much we as we... We things
2: together, right? Yeah, and it's,
0: it's one of those cheap ways to be able to assemble things. You know, join things together. You can hide screws and whatever. So yep. yeah, I'll, I'll probably look at those three.
2: Yeah, good. They're top good three. Chris, come on. Everything. What are you? What are your three? We know you everything. have everything, but what I are your do, top three?
1: <laughs> okay, tunnel tools, Timbercon, and. <laughs>
2: There you go. Mm. Okay, well, I would say that's a wrong answer, but that's actually classic Chris. <laughs> I said top three tools. I didn't uh, stop at shop. I could have meant shop. So if that's fair. Um,
1: um, knowing knowing <laughs> then, I know now, um, I would probably, yep. uh, same thing, I'd probably uh, hit up for a drum sander. Uh, mm-hmm. The one I've got is um, really helping a lot in the workshop. Um, I would definitely uh give myself a decent table saw, which I've already got, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and a good miter saw would be my three. Um, like so you would go
2: a miter saw with a table saw,
1: yeah, mm. okay. because there's there, there's some things you can do with a miter saw that you can't do with a table saw, and vice versa, you know. But yeah. if yeah. you know, if push came to shove, I'd probably swap out the miter saw for maybe a band saw, you know. So mm-hmm.
2: that's that's where I would go yeah yeah well i'm probably similar the first thing i did not realize when i first got into woodworking how useful a router is that i think is the most underrated tool in a workshop anyone that is starting out i say get yourself a router um so that would be top of the list and then from there i would say a table saw as well like you dirk if you get a really good quality one you can throw jigs and all sorts of things on it they are super super versatile and they just are great at making constant repeatable cuts which i really like and the other thing that a lot of people do is when they go out and get started they run down to bunnings and they buy a really cheap sander i would hold on that purchase and go a really good quality hand sander i have a bosch i don't know what it's called a bosch 150 or something like that it is a much better quality sander than your lead-in sanders and it just makes everything much quicker um and easier because everyone i don't know anyone that likes sanding um and super versatile because it has turbo mode so you can tear through like a belt sander and then you can get it back to orbital when you're doing more of that fine stuff so they would be my top three tools i think all right that is it for the show to oh pauses me again you told me i only had one more break
1: I know. No, 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 no. We don't go into a break. I just want to uh, go one step further with the top three. What would oh, be okay. your luxury tool, tool? The luxury tool, the one you, mm. the big one that you really, really want.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. I can leave. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do you want me to throw yeah, go to
1: that? Go. Go nuts.
2: Okay. Oh. All right. So we've talked about our top three. If you had to pick one luxury tool, absolutely anything, no budget requirements, anything you want, what is your luxury tool? Chris, let's start with you. The one
1: Mine would be um, a full sheet size CNC machine.
2: Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. If I,
2: if so if much, space, so much, versatility. if price
1: wasn't an issue, if money wasn't an issue, I'd go a full size CNC machine because it just opens up so many different possibilities. You know, mm-hmm. like I've got, I've got a small CNC machine and it's fantastic, but if you know the the big luxury item, I'd go the whole hog.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I would agree. CNC's got to be on the list. Dirk, what's your luxury tool? Absolutely anything you can dream of.
0: Yeah, totally second that. Uh, a massive CNC, uh, so mm-hmm. much scope, so I mean, so much potential. Uh, it would be, it just takes you know the to the next level. The next level. Yeah, yeah by far. Yep. 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 And learning how
2: to use and it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, and
0: your
3: Mine's a bit of no object. What is it? <laughs> uh, mine's a toss up between a proper uh, laser machine. We've just mm-hmm. got a Chinese one, so we're struggling a bit with it. Uh, or festal. Anything festal, or do you have a particular? Anything, festal? Festal? Anything? Probably the sander would be on the yep. top of the list, but um, yep. or uh, probably the miter Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've been looking at the dinosaur. I would agree
4: with you. There's Hayley? a Bosch one for
0: sale because Chris is going to go buy the Pistol one. Now. Oh my
2: no. god, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that Bosch is not that old, Chris. <laughs> uh, no, well, I got the Bosch. It I doesn't know Cool. Yeah, the Bosch is great, but Chris only just got it. He switched you out what not that long ago.
1: Knowing, knowing me, do you do you reckon that makes any difference whatsoever?
3: No, no. absolutely no. none.
2: Uh, no, nope. I'm aware of how you work, and uh, and you can
3: yeah. never have too many tools, really, can you? No, no, no. 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 not when you're
2: Christopher. No, <laughs>
4: Haley, what's your luxury tool? No budget. I'm actually going to go on a slightly different tactic because Ooh, at like the that. moment I am in a one car garage that has a roof It has yep. one full gone? wall and one partial wall. Right. And water runs over it when it, over the slab when it rains and it's just a nightmare. So I'm going to go this every a day this year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to swear
2: on the podcast? <laughs> Are you like to swear on the podcast. Chris? <laughs> You're <laughs> going to have to be Beep. <laughs> You can take Annie's beat and fix it. Okay, <laughs> just there. <laughs> so you want a big space. a Big oh, space. Yeah, That's massive totally space.
4: fair. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. at yeah. the moment totally. everything's cramped in there. I'm limited yep. on what tools like I can have. And mm-hmm. most things are on casters, so I have to play shop Jenga with tools when it's especially when it's raining and I can't put anything outside the shop. Um, mm-hmm. and I've got to try and the, I've got a little path that goes from the door to the back um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, everything has to be movable and which it's pain, honestly.
2: <laughs> so yep, I'm going Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, big shed. Hey, I like all of those luxury tools. If I had to choose a luxury tool, I'm going down the path of Annie, I would go whatever the biggest laser that I could get with the most power because for <laughs> no, me not long. the most not the most Uh,
3: no no because it depends on the cuts see so if you want fine detail detailed cuts the higher
2: the power
3: you know yeah there's there's a lot of specs involved that's
2: true but yeah i'm going a full laser Mm -hmm. because the versatility of the laser for me in the workshop was a huge game changer being able to personalize projects being able to cut templates um honestly it's endless with the laser um so for me it would be a laser that would be my luxury tool. If I had to pick one, where money was no object, nor space, is where I would be going. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of The Measure Twice, Cut Once with me, your guest host Ainsley from Small Fry Creations. I want to take a second to thank the gentleman for letting me host today's episode. But I want to say a huge thank you to Haley and Annie for being a part of this episode with me and coming along on the journey helping me come up with ideas of what we could talk about and chatting with us today. So thank you ladies for joining us today. Thank on the you.
0: Thank you
1: very it's been much. an
2: absolute pleasure. Gentlemen, thank you for letting me take over the hosting duties. Always a pleasure. <laughs> I feel like the weight is kind of off my shoulders now that I've now that I've done it.
4: But, uh, you did no, good. It's been
2: an absolute, yeah, it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure. So, thank you, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode of Measure Twice, Cut Once.
1: That was great. That was a good first. Uh, oh,
0: thanks, thanks, supporter. I needed a drink. <laughs> Who's in the background? <laughs> no
4: one. <laughs> so I have hard to drink. Yeah, that's
1: right. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. oh, sorry. I had a red
4: creaming can I- soda last night.
1: Can, 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 I, can I just butt in for a sec? If you
2: must.
1: Annie, um, if you could be a little bit more conscious of your uh, microphone because you keep tapping it. And I, I oh, that. so, sorry. That's all right. now.
2: I'll right. no, just keep your hand down, right? Annie. Okay. Uh, do I get a clap in, Dirk, or no you more claps? Yeah, I only get an original clap and put a, nothing no,
1: in. put a two on it. Put a two on it. Let's do this properly.
2: <laughs> was that
1: good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that? That, was that was almost too professional for this show. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. You should
2: have
1: told
2: me really beforehand.
1: You might, yeah. you, you might find this hard to believe, but I've always been a bit of an extrovert.
2: Oh, <laughs> I didn't get that when yeah. I met you. I totally thought the opposite. If I'm honest,
0: really? Oh,
2: well, hang on, Dirk. I'm not ready. Hang on, I'm writing down. No, no, my... no. We
0: just clap it for Chris because he's, he's he special. has to because he's anal.
1: He's an extrovert
2: that <laughs> likes his own applause.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, pulling rank here. We we need to go off to another. What's that noise? Uh, one
4: second. Sounds like a tool. <laughs> Is that alright?
1: Love your words. Yeah, she's she's professional. <laughs>